This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. I'm sick and tired of the nonsense that's coming out of that uh, Aslan administration building. I think they're entirely incompetent. Many people just, um, they have no business being in the position they're in. It's run by a bunch of inept, uh, progressive-minded people, and they have no respect for the other side of um, political thought, and uh, it needs to stop. It needs to stop today. That's not, by the way, that's not just complaining. Um, based on I me mean, looking at my friend sitting across from me, Steve Spellman writes a lot of pieces for the Columbia Missourian, is very active here in mid-Missouri, but as we're playing this, Chuck Basie on the show yesterday, uh, Steve Spellman is... What are you doing? Not in my head. Not, yep, 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 that's true. He's bringing a voice to what a lot of listeners and people in the community have been thinking, but don't have a voice. Parents, grandparents, and taxpayers. And yesterday, again, there are more. As a matter of fact, I was talking with John Potter. He's another candidate for Columbia right. Public School Board. He's very active. This guy spends time in Jefferson City helping parents navigate the process when they're trying to get uh, more info. And apparently, more people are focused on the mouthpiece on the Facebook page, uh, concerned uh, CPS, concerned citizens more focused on um, that person resigning. And the way I understand, I've heard this from two different media people not inside this building, that apparently the PR person got the job because they are some yenta wife of a neighbor in a previous administration prior to Steepleman, and they were bored, and they're like, hey, you can be the PR person for the school. I don't know if it's true or not. I do know I have heard that twice, and that would indicate to me there might be some validity to it because they're very poor. They're very poor at their public relations you can call it pr parent relations these are real things these aren't people complaining that's why one of the things i've been paying attention on in jefferson city this year the parental bill of rights you want to know what's happening in the capital in jefferson city by george you get on scott fawn or christopher arps when christopher arps is not available we get scott fawn <laughs> scott you know we love you brother we're kidding Good morning, buddy. Uh, Scott Fawn uh, writes for the Missouri. Uh, he has the Missouri Times. you got to check out that publication, MissouriTimes.com. You want to see what's happening in the capital city. It's MissouriTimes.com. This Week in Missouri Politics airs Sundays on KMOS, airs on the ABC affiliate in St. Louis, airs all across the state, and he talks to local newsmakers and politicians. Uh, okay, Scott, you're a parent. I'm anxious to hear uh, you're a thought leader in Jefferson City as it relates to state politics. You're a parent of a school-aged child. Two things. Number one, bottom line, this parental bill of rights. Number two, your take on the parental bill of rights. Uh, I mean, I give it a, the parental bill of rights a solid meh. You know, uh, I think it's a fine thing. I don't think it's going to change much. I think it's mostly a PR stunt. Uh, the senator doing this is uh, the Chesterfield senator. And I think he kind of, look, if you're mad on Facebook and you live in a cul-de-sac, he's your man. But if you work for a living and you've got serious things going on, it's one of those things. You, you never see something with a good name that doesn't do much. Uh, I think parental bill of rights is that. The one thing I think is good about the bill is it will give you, an, and this is something that should have been done a long time. When the technology was available, it should have been done. They're going to put um, a little bit of the curriculum online. And the reason they'll put it all online is I guess there's, they, the schools purchase these curriculums from companies and they're copyright protected. So there's some issues there of, you know, if um, you guys at the station where you have a way you develop talent and, and rehearse or practice and do things, that some of that stuff, you bring in a consultant or something that's copyright protected, it's the same thing there. I think the funny part about this, the, the reason that's such, the, the hype's around it, is they, they said they eliminate critical race theory. 
but they do it in a very Chesterfield way. They won't define what critical race theory is. Essentially, it's anything that offends you. Well, you know what? My son Gus is six. Uh, part of life is being offended and rubbing some dirt on and walking it off. It's this Republican woke culture where everybody's offended, everybody whines all the time. I, I don't know. If you're if you got a kid that's offended, you know what? If it's egregious, I think there's a way to take care of the problem. If it's not, well, you know, well, son, sometimes you got to just. Yeah, grab a root and growl. So you're yeah. saying it's it's window dressing because it really has no teeth to it? Is that what? Because the thing about pu- putting your curriculum yeah. on the website, that's one thing. Um, it's like CRT. We've had local school leaders say, we're not teaching CRT, and they absolutely are. They just don't have a textbook that says CRT. Well, CRT is like porn. You know it when you see it, but but whoever's – trust me, what I would consider porn, what my mom was a church secretary back in West Butler County considered porn, <laughs> that is a very wide standard. Uh, I don't think any, any – nobody on the right wants to define what CRT is because then people say, okay, we won't do it. But I don't think the goal here with this bill, I mean, this bill is a very Chesterfield product. It's not really meant to to stop a lot. It's meant to whine and let you whine more, because that's what people in the suburbs do pretty much 24-7 is whine. If you you define CRT and outlawed it, that would be an accomplishment, right? Uh, If you just say, well, if your kid's offended, the, the board and the parent have a hearing, and then somebody can be fined five hundred dollars for some process. And trust me, it won't be the actual teacher or the superintendent being fined. It'll be the taxpayers being fined to the taxpayers. It's a great name for something. I just think that it is. It is what a suburban person would do if they were on Facebook and mad. Would be this. And the rest of the state will roll their eyes and nothing will be different. Scott, we always appreciate having you on. I want to go back to the Chuck Basie issue. We know that yeah. he will be on the uh, ballot, and I covered the bench trial this week. And it was, quite frankly, contentious uh, at times in there on both sides. No question about it. The judge even was a little irked at the at the end of that trial with one of the attorneys specifically that asked him a question at the end of the trial. He, he definitely made it cl- clear he had already issued um, his decision. But it, what it really boiled down to is the word shall in a state law. I mean, that's what it, as I've reported, it boils down to the word shall about, you know, the 5 p.m. deadline. That bill was covered, a bill was a part of a bill that I would call routine bill last year, essentially changing the filing dates. It did not get a whole lot of media attention. And as I recall, it passed with wide bipartisan support. In fact, I don't remember any opposition, but the, the word was shall. Had that been the word may, I don't think Basie wins it, but shall was the way it was written. The judge obviously interpreted it the way he did, and uh, and Basie will be on the ballot. Do you remember much about that bill? Because it barely got any attention last year. Well, I think it got no attention because it really isn't that big a deal. And, I, and this is back to Brandon's point about the Columbia schools with their PR problem. I mean, look, if it says you can file till the 27th, I'm sorry about the situation. you got to have somebody at the office till the 27th, right? Right. And and I, I don't. I mean, t- take the shalls and mays and legal legalities out of it. I don't personally know Chuck Basie all that well. I I just think that in this situation, how do you not side with Chuck Basie? Now, do I think Chuck Basie's going to win that race? Uh, I'd be surprised. But uh, you know, to me, the, most Republican lawmakers are just in their dreams or school board members of what they actually want to be. And good for Chuck Basie, for he complained about schools for eight years, pretty much every day in, in the legislature. Now he's stepping up, get on the school board, where he can actually do something about it. Good for him. And I, I but I think it was the, it's the dumbest thing. It's such a it's such a backward thought 
you've got a guy that you know has a problem with schools, has complained about them vociferously, right? Would be willing to shove money in these woke charter schools if you let him. And you try to ban him from the ballot. From com- It's just common sense. If filing deadlines are 27, I'm sorry. that I, Nobody wants to work on Christmas break at a school. I can understand that. But that, I guess, as you said, them's the breaks. But then the there's, judge, there's the judge. Agree, the judge I, agreed. By the way, the I, judge essentially said that. And there's the, the yeah. law. And by the way, and if uh, uh, Chuck Basie, I want to make sure that I'm clear on this. He has been a fine advocate on behalf of parents. It's just the Columbia Public School District has given him a lot of ammunition <laughs> to go after schools. Totally. What he has done I is not totally right, not needless. He he's he's done a fine job. Our guest they have given him plenty of things to throw. Yeah, so it's on them too. Scott Fawn from the Missouri. Times joining us this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Scott, I know your focus this time of year, obviously, by design, is on the Capitol. Have you been watching the the issue in Jefferson City with the four developers who proposed building some, uh, whatever you want to call it, low-income workforce housing and didn't get the HDC money? And the HDC folks said, well, we heard too many complaints from the community about not in my backyard. Your take on that, how they should fund something like that. Well, number one, here's the thing. Uh, This is the one program for places like Jeff City that are rural in Cole County to actually get to build housing. Um, And the the competition is fierce. I mean, everywhere in the state has has sites that that, that are needing this housing that want it. So if there's very, the the MHDC, the demand is so great, they kind of look for a reason not to. They only have so much money, right? So they look for a reason not to award it to you because look, it's not like they have uh, more or more money than applications. They have five times more applications than money. So if there's anything wrong or if there's pushback or any reason they can look, they do. Now I tend to think, like a lot of things in Jeff City, you need a competent businessman to sit down with all the parties involved and come up with a compromise that, that everybody can work with. I think you probably just are bereft of that leadership at City Hall right now. However, luckily, 1,500 hours from now, High Street will be liberated, and I think you'll have a person, Ron Fitzwater, who's a serious businessman that could sit down and find a compromise. And I'm bullish about the chances because, I mean, Jeff City has more jobs than houses, right? So there's got to be a way to find a compromise here. I think it will come, but it's going to take somebody that can actually just, you know, be an adult and sit folks down and talk about it. Yeah, Mr. Vaughn, this is Steve. Uh, you know, I appreciate uh, you kind of telling it like you see it. You, you might be stepping on some toes, but I think keeping people uh, uh, fresh and just, you know, your perspective, I think, is really neat. You know, you mentioned about um, the Parents' Bill of Rights. You know, you didn't think it had a lot of meat to it. But, you know, there also is motivation in the school choice realm. And there's several different, uh, uh, you know, proposals out there, whether it's charters, expanding kind of voucher-type programs, and also things like open enrollment, where parents might have the opportunity to transfer between school districts. Uh, a good idea where people can travel between communities and things like that. What's your take on some of the school choice uh, proposals there? What's What's legit and what you think maybe is just window dressing or talk? And, Scott, we got about one minute. No. Uh, it, well, I think if you think Columbia Public Schools are woke, <laughs> the charter school folks would tell you to hold their beer. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I think the charter schools have a lot of promise. I just think right now, frankly, they're representative of their communities. They're insanely woke, and there's no oversight, so they can be as woke as they want to be. Um, I think that the school choice thing is, is probably not – it might help, you know, suburban St. Louis. I think it has nothing to offer most of your listing area. It only gives anybody an Ashland benefits. 
from school choice. But it is the topic of the day for right-wing Facebook, so you'll see about 60 members of the House and 10 senators will do whatever is on there. Um, well, it's opening up education markets, though. I mean, there's entrepreneurial spirit out there in the education area that is untapped and getting you well, know, some you taxpayer dollars following parents. What's that? Uh, I think you could open up the entrepreneurial spirit of Ashland. I mean, I, I think part of the thing is you, you, the, you've got so much red tape on these schools. Uh, that it's funny, the Republican, the anti-regulation people's answer to, to a school problem is a dumb more regulation on them. Uh, I, I, I think it's sort of a buzzword. I'm, I'm not convinced there's a lot to that. Uh, and also, I, I, I think it's the, the hypocrisy of it is the Republicans will throw a fit when you take kids to a drag show, which they should. But you have way woker things than that happen in charter schools because they dump about $4 million in campaign contributions that every year. You don't hear a peep from them about that. And it's just blatant hypocrisy. Scott, what, my, I, what I hear you saying is uh, take your kids out of public schools and charter schools. That's what I hear you saying. No, I don't think so at all. What I think, you'd be Chuck Basie. You'd be Chuck Basie. You see something wrong, you count it out, and if you, if you got the guts, you step up and run. Uh, so I guess be like Chuck would be what I'm saying. Scott Fawn uh, for the Missouri Times. And then every Sunday you can see the TV show This Week in Missouri Politics. Who do you have coming up on this weekend's show? We have Senator and gubernatorial candidate Bill Eichel. Uh, you talk about a guy that speaks his mind. I'm very looking forward to the senator. The senator from Tax Cuts speaking his mind on this week in Missouri politics. All right, Scott Fall, Missouri Times, man. As always, thanks for hanging out with us here. We appreciate uh, you sharing your opinions here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Coming up, we are going to be doing What's Hot with Hannah. What do you have for us today, Hannah? Well, I'm a little sad this morning. The end of an era for somebody on primetime TV. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. For What's Hot with Hannah. I'm a little sad this morning, guys. How come? And I'm almost embarrassed to admit this out loud. Um, But have you heard the news about Dr. Phil? No. Do the Dr. Phil show is ending after 21 seasons. I thought it was done with already. I didn't no. I don't know these things. No, Dr. Phil is 72 and he's still trucking right along. Um, this season is going to be his last season, and it's his choice. He didn't get canceled or anything, um, and he's stepping away from the Dr. Phil show. And I'm, I'm kind of sad. It's like my guilty pleasure. I've always enjoyed the Dr. Phil show, and I don't really know why. Did you enjoy it? Because, man, look at those people. They're morons. They Maybe. Gotta, they got <laughs> to go on TV, and, and Dr. Phil, uh, man, this dude likes to take advantage of people. I'll get some of the people that have some of the biggest issues. I'll put them on national TV, and then to an extent, I'll berate them. I'll berate some of these people, and I'll become rich doing it. Why? Because then we tune in and watch. Well, and it says here that his show has provided over $35 million in resources for guests of the show, for them to get help for whatever their issue is. Um, but yeah, Dr. Phil's show has been one of those things I like to... There's always reruns on YouTube, right? So when I'm not listening to the Wake Up in Missouri podcast, when I'm cleaning the house or whatever... I'll just throw a Dr. Phil episode on and feel very good about my life for 30 minutes or whatever it might be. The uh, guy whose famous line was something like, you don't need a pack of wild horses to learn how to make a sandwich. That was the one I never understood. I don't think I've heard that one before.
and I don't think I understand it either. Yeah. <laughs> is he, is he going to turn pull a Dr. Oz and run for Senate or something? No. I don't, he said <laughs> that he just wants to focus on other content. So it doesn't sound like he's done mm. creating, um, but it definitely sounds like there's more in the works for Dr. Mm. Phil. TikTok influencer. Oh, boy, pulling a Ben Shapiro. <laughs> is Does anybody know? Well, I should preface it with, does anybody care? Uh, but does anybody know, did Tom Brady make it official this morning that he's reached? I haven't heard anything. Again? I haven't okay. heard anything. He's taking over the Dr. Phil show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up a few minutes from now. By the way, Steph's going to be back in a few days. Guest co-host Steve Spellman writes some stuff for the Columbia, Missourian. Does a lot of things here in uh, mid-Missouri. Uh, and might do a little, so who is Steve? We get to know Steve Spellman. Uh, Maybe one thing that I... This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Gives you the right to take somebody else's car. I'm talking to be sliding, f*** you mean? That's what makes me want to take the next bitch car. What now? I'm sorry, I didn't get there. Are you speaking English? Really? Because I think I flipped you. You want to do it again? Danny, don't get all tough. Please don't. This is not the place. Hey, and this is not the Sit time. down. Sit down. Sit down. Dr. Phil and probably one of his most infamous <laughs> guests. You Catch know? me outside. Catch How me outside, that? girl. <laughs> and I cannot remember her name, but she was, uh, uh, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old and completely incorrigible. My kid used at the toy store, turn on his back and throw fits and cry because he wouldn't get toys. Uh, this 13-year-old would go and steal cars and steal stuff from her mom. And her whole phrase was, uh, "If uh, you, uh, you catch me outside. And Dr. Phil, what? She was trying to say, catch me outside. Like, let's throw down if you disagree with me stealing cars that don't belong to me. She was the catch me outside girl. Yeah. Dr. Phil retiring, and it is apparently kind of official, we guess. Again, we got to go based on somebody's history, and this dude, <laughs> was it a year ago, two years ago, said he was retiring, and then a couple days later, uh, came back. Uh, Tom Brady, I guess, making it official. Yeah, the New York Times says, quote, Tom Brady says he's retiring for good this time. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, welcome into the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's Mr. Brian Houseworth. Interesting about uh, Tom Brady. Now, I think a lot more people, certainly in this area, have... Uh, he's widely respected, widely respected everywhere. There was a time I grew up in St. Louis, as did you. He was not liked in St. Louis, particularly after that first Super Bowl um, where there was allegations of the the team, the Patriots spying and stuff. The 2002 Super Bowl. Yeah. And Tom, who is the starting yeah. quarterback for the New England and St. Louis Rams? Uh, heavily favor oh, yes. uh, to win. We yeah. were expecting a red wave in that Super Bowl, and it didn't happen. You know, man. Adam Vinatieri <laughs> kicking a field goal, breaking a lot of hearts. I remember that. Let's not forget that he got divorced from his supermodel wife and decided to buy a pickleball team. Bought a pickleball team. <laughs> Professional pickleball <laughs> team. Oh, yeah. My bad. Uh, and then was apparently aligned a little bit with Sam Bankman Freed, the FTX uh, dude. I don't know if he endorsed the product or did. I don't know what the uh, what the deal was. Uh, that's producer Hannah. Good morning. Steve Spell Good morning. There's John Marsh. Hello. My name is Brandon Rather. Tomorrow on the show, I do hope you'll join us. Uh, tomorrow, Governor Mike Parson is going to be joining us. I want to drill down on some of those things mentioned in the State of the State speech. Uh, recently, local lawmaker Kent Hayden, he, uh, Kent Hayter, is going to be joining us on the show. He's done some really important work as it relates to a couple of these uh, the hospitals, mm -hmm. that uh, the Noble Health Hospitals. Is that what it is? And, 
It's, it's basically, yes, I, for the former Noble, Noble Health Hospital in, in Mexico and in Fulton, I'm actually working on um, kind of an investigative piece uh, related to that about the spina bifida. And there's an active investigation by the attorney general's office, but he's got a lot of other bills as well. So Governor Parson tomorrow here at 835, Kent Haterist, and he's got another interesting bill. Marsha, have you heard about this? It's the roadkill bill. Have you heard about this? roadkill bill to figure out who's responsible for dragging the dead deer off the road and it sounds like it could end up being MoDOT if this one passes now we have to be careful guys I don't know if this might be before Brian Houseworth's time maybe before John Marsh's time oh yeah but we got in trouble with PETA a couple years ago the only times we've been in trouble on this show it's usually PETA, PETA? yeah and uh, we or also meta. <laughs> true we also got eviscerated on Facebook once uh, because we reposted a photo that a listener sent us of a deceased deer on the side of the road wow. that someone had tied a get well soon balloon <laughs> to. <laughs> and our audience let us know that that is not funny oh, and no. that um, we Sounds should not me. <laughs> that we should not have posted that. So we have to be careful here. Yeah. That is one of the funniest deer just all discombobulated and the dried tongue hanging out of his mouth. And somebody took a helium get well balloon and tied it around. And here's the balloon and the deer on the side of it. But it's not funny. It's not funny. And people fail to see the humor in that, man. Now, we were talking to uh, Congressman Mark Alford earlier uh, in the hour about uh, meat processing. I think it's in a Branson gift shop. I saw the Roadkill Cafe. Yeah, you know, possums and junk like that. Yeah, I don't think we're going that. It, was it former family member Laura Nowser that used to go pick up roadkill off the side of the road? Wow. Laura Nowser, former wow. city councilwoman in the town of Columbia, and stands about five foot two, very petite, <laughs> longtime family member here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Like she had, she had a special shovel, <laughs> like hazmat gloves and a shovel and a big old giant Ford pick 'em up truck. And if you ever saw somebody out on the side of Highway WW or out there on 54, maybe going down Missouri Boulevard, you saw this petite little woman with <laughs> a shovel and a hazmat scraping raccoons off the side of the road. That was Laura Nowser. She and, saw it as her civic I duty, perhaps. God bless her. In, 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 on Hayden's bill, this is interesting tomorrow to tie in with what you guys are talking about, because I do think it's primarily aimed at deer um, in, the, in the growing population of deer, because this is going to boil down to some specifics. Basically, it requires MoDOT to remove and bury the dead wildlife. And I think he's talking about deer on a highway or a road that are large enough to impede traffic. Now, who determines how large it, it is? Ain't it ain't a squirrel. And, and obviously, yeah. obviously not. And the burial must be made on conservation land, a minimum depth of three feet. I do uh, think there's some similarities between this and Dale Whiteside's bill 30 years ago in that both of them felt like the Department of Conservation was not doing enough about the deer. Um, uh. In fact, Dale Whiteside's bill, if you, if you hit a deer uh, back in 1996 when he filed that bill, he wanted conservation to pay you $250. That bill did not pass. But I'm fascinated. I think that's an interesting bill, what Hayden's going to do here. Um, and, and probably in the Republican legislature, I tend to think this bill's going to get some support. Well, he's here tomorrow to talk about it. And we gotta uh, we got to give some love to the Wake Up uh, Mid-Missouri family. Yeah, we've got... Uh 
David, oh, they're coming in. David, Evan, Miley, Dwayne. Everyone's saying that it's funny that somebody tied a helium balloon to a dead deer. <laughs> so the, we're good. We're on, good. On the side of the road. Maybe we won't get any more hate mail from PETA. <laughs> yeah. Get well soon. It, it, it <laughs> is a, made my day. Yeah. It is a legit issue. I mean, what to do about that stuff, mm-hmm. especially like a deer, uh, things like that, that you know can impede traffic. You know, people swerve around or... You know, low car can do it. And it's but, costly but, for the counties, too. They're the is. ones who have to pick up the tab, send somebody out there and clean them up. Right yeah. now is the way the law stands. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Ken Hayden, he's been a, a rep for a number of years. 2018, so, he yeah, came kinda in. Yeah, kind of Callaway-Audrain County yeah. General. But his son, as it happens, is uh, Brent Hayden. That's right. One of the attorneys that helped Chuck Basie. And he, Brent Hayden, if you don't know him, he is good people. His wife, uh, Connie's good people. Caleb Colbert, their other law partner. Well, they're was, they're good folks that you know, fighting the government uh, when, uh, you know, people have problems with things. He so. was really fired up um, in court to the point where a couple of times he actually interrupted Judge Brooke Jacobs. And the judge told him, I'll give you a chance to talk at the end. But he was, but he felt like CPS was putting words in his mouth, but he was really fired up. He's a bulldog up. for he justice. He was fired up. Yeah. One of our uh, Wake Up family, uh, Mid-Missouri family members, works for the highway department, says, you haven't, you haven't lived life until you've hit a bloated deer. <laughs> <laughs> in August, with a brush hog on oh, the side oh, of the road. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. Yuck. Wow. And, um, and, the, and under the Hayden bill, and this is why I think it's tied in, and it, uh, yes, that would be a terrible thing, but I do th- compare it to Whiteside because under Hayden's bill, conservation would have to reimburse MoDOT for the costs. So, you know, this has been an issue you know, there's deer here in Columbia all over the place. They're, they're, they walk over, uh, you know, and people, some love them. A lot of people don't. And um, I just think this is kind of a fascinating bill. And it is definitely an issue in Audrain County, if you've ever driven up there. Um, uh, Kingdom City, they've, I've seen them near the interstate. I'll never forget when I lived in Columbia, I was on Nifong one time. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. And there was a deer just walking down Nifong, of all places. <laughs> And some of them get attitudes. They're like cats, frankly. Uh, (laughs) Too bad bad Stephanie's not here to give her dear or stupid speech that also gets us in trouble. Some of them, they get into, you get like on the outskirts of Jefferson City where you start to blend residential, suburbia, city living, and you see some of those deer and and deer's walking right by you down there uh, on the the highway, and you're coming by, and you're like honking, and deer's looking at you like, you know, if it could, it would flip up its hoof and try to give you the middle finger, but it doesn't have (laughs) the middle hoof. The middle hoof. (laughs) We've had them coming in in the mornings right here in the... In the front yard at the station. And isn't it those times we like, especially you as a hunter, John, you're like, dang it. <laughs> I don't have anything to bag this deer with. So that's one of the things. <laughs> a tire iron, added. Uh, a tire iron. Um, I don't think uh, the window of the KWOS studio is the best place to shoot a deer. <laughs> yeah, the windows, the windows don't open. <laughs> You know who else I'm excited to talk to besides Governor Parson and uh, uh, Kent uh, on the uh, show tomorrow um, would be, uh, I think she's a principal at Moberly High School. Her name is uh, Deborah Haig. And they're, what, six months into the school year? And they had a new cell phone policy this year about new mm. cell phones and stuff like that. And I saw a story in uh, Florida. People were freaking out because Governor Ron DeSantis, I think, on a statewide level said, hey, we should maybe think about cell phones in schools. Yeah. And people freaked out. I thought, huh. 
let's go to some place, because I have my thoughts and opinions, but let's go to some place that has experience doing this, and that is the Boberly School District. They're joining us tomorrow. I think it'll be uh, interesting. I've heard of local high schools and schools where kids are, like, on their phone in class and, like, How's learning going on? I mean that. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, that wasn't a thing. We didn't have those. But I mean, if you're looking at a, like a comic book behind your math book, like, hey, let's be on task here. And people on their phones. There's an emergency from mom. Well, that's one thing. Checking a text, but people are just surfing TikTok in math class. It's like, how are we supposed to have learning going on? It seems like a reasonable thing. Be glad to glad to hear from her. How is that? Uh, how is that possible? And this. Before we move forward, the pandemic is over. All right. <laughs> that was Joe Biden. Is that a year ago? He said the pandemic is over. Now now they like officially want to end it. I didn't know that we were still in. Uh, and it was the government pandemic. It was the government pandemic that started in 2020. A pandemic that was created by the government. I don't mean they went out and created this virus. I mean, it was government closing businesses, restricting businesses. This was a government pandemic. Uh, apparently, uh, they want to officially say it's over. What does it change? Really nothing. Uh, AP, the Associated Press, bent over backwards doing three pages on, well, this is going to change, and there's really nothing. All right, coming up just a few minutes from now, I want to share a remarkable piece. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. As the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel, and then they launched. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> uh as I can see by the reaction from everybody, you don't need to know that that was Vice President Kamala Harris. Don't even need to know what she was talking about. Stands on its its own. And I like that. She, Biden is starting to rub off on her a little bit. They launched. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Vice President of the United States of America, we highlighted audio yesterday from Elizabeth Warren being asked, should Joe run for re-election? She said, I know he's going to be 88, but yes, he should. And then she was asked about Kamala Harris. She backed off. Now that that interview has made the rounds over the past 24 to 48 hours, Elizabeth Warren is starting to get a talking to from her party. But she's like, but Kamala sucks, man. What do you, what do you want me to lie <laughs> or toe the party line? We want you to toe the party line. Welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Steph's back in a few days. Guest coach. You hear him from time to time here on the show. His name is Steve Spellman. He's very active here in Mid-Missouri with chamber stuff, with businesses, just paying attention to what's going on. Oftentimes, we'll read his pieces uh, in the uh, Missourian uh, newspaper, and I know this, and I've been knowing Steve for a lot of years, didn't know this since, until we both been hanging out in the studio this morning. Likes to run around barefoot, Hannah. Well, uh, I thought there was feet. something off soft about feet. this yeah, guy. Yeah, no, no. Uh, to stay comfortable. Yep, that's uh, that's me. It's I tried this year, and it wasn't intentional, but I try. It wasn't intentional because it's New Year's, New Year's resolution. I thought, I'll try wearing shoes. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm barefoot now, right now. Now, we don't have the webcam on underneath the table, but uh, you're, you're bare toes, but I'm sock feet, okay? <laughs> People yeah. charge a lot of money for that kind of content these days. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You can go to my OnlyFans page. Oh. <laughs> If you want to see inside. TikTok. That is not sanctioned by this radio station. So I just still look. It's uh, Brendan Rather, and he is doing the show uh, barefoot. My favorite, I guess, video involving your bare feet, which is a weird statement, (laughs) is when your chair broke on camera and you were kind of stuck on your back. And all of a sudden you see two little bare feet just dangling in the air because he was stuck. 
<laughs> I was like, uh, you know, like when you go to Cooper's Land and you take that long winding road and you see a box turtle that's on its back. And it's, that's what I look like. No, it looked like an outtake from Lord of the Rings where one of the hobbits couldn't get back in. Uh, so we do want to get to know uh, Steve Spellman a little bit, like some of your personal Uh-oh. life. Uh-oh. Uh, well, it occurs to me. Well, because I'm thinking, if somebody's listening this morning, we're all family, right, Hannah? That's what we've hung our hat on. We're yep. family. Yep, the wake-up yeah. family. The, uh, whether, Dysfunctional, but family. <laughs> Dysfunctional, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we still count, dang it. Whether it's the folks here in the studio, it's you in your car, you're listening on the app, you're listening on other parts of the country, you listen. We have right now Nathan, stationed in Cutter. Man, uh, he's stationed in Cutter right now. He's listening on the app. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, you're a family member. And it occurred to me, you know, well, we need to get to know our family members. Uh, we know Hannah is a 22-year-old grad from Mizzou. She's got a degree in agriculture. We know that I met her when she was just a high school student in Centralia listening to Good thing sh- I had my phone in class. She had her phone in <laughs> class, incidentally. <laughs> and if it wasn't for phones in the classrooms, Hannah may not be here today. <laughs> so I'm just putting that out there. It's a little, it's a little bit of a stretch, but yeah. We know that Steph's an attorney. John Marsh is a legendary journalist here with a focus on mid-Missouri for a lot of years. Uh, applied his trade in San Diego for a while with Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, Ron? Who's Ron Burgundy? He's a fictional character played by uh, Will Ferrell in the Anchorman movie. But we don't know uh, you all that well, so maybe we'll do that. And I do want to highlight, 